John, great to be talking today. Uh, we're doing a lot with Guidewire. I'm really intrigued about some of the things you're doing as you grow beyond, I'm reluctant to say core legacy because you're in many ways still a, a growing, scaling business. But just first of all, you're calling in from Chicago? Yeah, just north of Chicago in the suburbs. I'm just a few short miles by as the crow flies, but uh, quite a bit of time as traffic. Actually, since we're in talking insurance, of course, just down the road from the erstwhile headquarters of uh, Allstate Insurance. And of course, we Brits all love talking about the weather and it's we think it's cold out here, but it's like really cold where you are, isn't it? We've been in uh, either positive single digits or negative single digits Fahrenheit for some time. I think Sunday we hit somewhere in the neighborhood of minus 25 to minus 35 wind chill, which uh, that's a bit cold. Yeah, that's Fahrenheit. I'm not even going to do the, do the conversion. It just sounds very, very cold. But at least the difference is you're ready for it. When we get cold, we just grind to a halt. Anyway, <laughs> it looks like you're looks like you're warm. Let's, let's crack on and uh, and learn a bit more about Guidewire. Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. Matthew Grant here. And as you can tell, we are back in the US this week talking to John Mullen. And we're going to be learning more about what Guidewire can do across a whole range of his services, but particularly this whole area of ecosystems or community as John is going to be talking about. Uh, you can find out everything we're up to just now at Instec on the website, www.instec.co, including all the great things we're doing with Guidewire. And if you are based in the US and fancy seeing us in New York and you are an insurer, then come and join us on March the 14th at the Google offices in New York. More details about that on the website. Okay, let's go back to John and myself. So uh, just a bit about Guidewire. I'm sure most people know you. They may not know the full breadth of what you do. So you're bringing technology solutions to property, casualty, workers' comp. Uh, you've got solutions that cover billing, underwriting, policy, claims management, and administration systems. You also, which is what we're going to be touching on today, you've been building out this ecosystem of partners, which are basically connecting together hardware, consulting, and services, which is you know, a, lot, a lot of people are looking for today. You were founded back in 2001. So to my earlier point, what was that 22 years old? But growing pretty pretty fast, looks like I've got over eight hundred million dollars of revenue last year. And one of my guests earlier this week, we might talk about later on, he characterised you as a Decca unicorn, meaning you're worth around ten billion dollars. You are John Mullen. You are president and chief revenue officer of Guidewire. How's that for a summary? Yeah, I think that's a good summary. I think the um, just to comment on the founding, I've known Guidewire since its original founding um, in a prior role. And I was always impressed with their starting point. People really have come to respect what those founding partners did in search of a a kind of really durable, resistant problem in service of a really important industry. And starting in claims and the first claims product that Guidewire rolled out, really, I think those founders really found a tight connection with the service of society in that. And you mentioned ecosystem. And one of the most important parts of who we are is, you know, often referred to as ecosystem, but I'll refer to it through this conversation as community, the community of systems integration partners, technology partners, and customers. I've spent a lot of time in the consulting world prior to Guidewire, and the tight-knit community that is required to both solve these problems and unlock new opportunities is really quite impressive and quite a strategic asset for Guidewire. We are really big on community, and we sort of link the words community, collaboration, and curious together. And actually, one other note about Guidewire, as you mentioned it, is I spent a lot of my career at RMS, and like 10, 15 years ago, we were at RMS were using 
Guidewire as one of the comparables when the company was being valued, you know, in those days, well, I mean, and still are, but those days particularly, you know, 10 years, 15 years into the business, growing, very innovative. So it's been really you know, fantastic to see how that journey has evolved. And you touched there on your prior experience. You had 18 years at Capgemini. You say you had a pretty senior role in North America. But so what was it that took you from one side of the desk to the other and actually moved from a consultant to a, to a technology organization? So I spent a lot of time leading Capgemini's insurance business. And then 2015, I left that role and took on the uh, CEO of the North America business, which actually was every industry segment other than financial services. And that was a really is a great learning opportunity for me and, and really kind of opened my eyes to some the growing influence of SaaS providers in the, in the industries and industry specification of technology being an interesting next chapter. So when I left Capgemini, I started to do some private equity things and came back across Marcus Rue, who's now chairman of Guidewire and was CEO in that journey you talked about. And we got to talking and I got to meet Mike Rosenbaum, who was really taking the company from, starting to take the company from or in the midst of taking the company from an on-prem software solution to a pure cloud SaaS solution and really impressed with the story, uh, really intrigued by the timing of that, which we can get into a little bit later and really optimistic about the opportunity that opens up with that uh, cloud SaaS platform build behind Guidewire. And that was what compelled me to join and and uh, opening up a lot of potential where Guidewire thinks about how we serve this community, how we drive innovation into this community. So I'd love to say it was well orchestrated, but the simple fact is it was opportunity crossing paths with great relationships from the past and current, really. Well, it's very honest. Most of us design our careers in reverse. You know, it all makes sense when you look at it backwards, but if you look forward, you never quite know where it's going to uh, to, to end up. So you have worked with insurance companies as a consultant. Capgemini works with lots of the major insurance companies. You've now also got a lot of clients. From your perspective, you know, and through the lens of Guidewire, but I'm just kind of generally as well, what is the biggest challenge that insurers, carriers have to solve for 2024, do you think? You can look at it from two lenses, and I'll kind of come full circle back to how those two lenses converge upon each other. I think if you look at the recent performance and the macroeconomic condition and the pressure on supply chain and availability of capital from reinsurance, it's going to be cost optimization is what most people are going to say. And I think it's a bit of a dangerous first reaction or a bit of a dangerous knee-jerk reaction because cost optimization has components to it. It's got an operational excellence component to it. It's got a risk selection and pricing component to it. And so I think we oftentimes paint too broad a brush of what's the priority. The second point that you'll get people focused on is this focus on innovation. Maybe it'll come up as agility. Maybe it'll come up as speed to market. Most often, it won't come up as innovation. But really, if we unpack those things and and kind of pursue the patterns of, of what drive those effects for 2024 against the backdrop of really what is a ton of pressure. Let's be real, right? The carriers are under a ton of pressure. Personal lines carriers across around the world are under a ton of pressure. Um, a little bit different in every geography, of course. But really what I think is most important is that the winners of tomorrow have to think about the convergence and harmony of operational excellence and speed to market as something that's no longer a serial effect. I think if we go back 100 years, the industry has really taught itself that, well, I can either focus on optimization of my costs or innovation and speed to market and agility and responsiveness to market. And I think that is that is in itself a problem. And I think 2024 and 2025 will prove out that harmony across those two vectors is what really we need to be focused on. What do you see now in terms of 
organizationally, the role of the people that, yeah, to your point about the innovation, the agility, how effective are they becoming in terms of being able to drive change through that organization versus, you know, those that say like, hey, let's just do it the old fashioned way. We're making money. Let's maybe focus on some cost cutting. In this chair, it becomes e- really easy for me to pontificate about what would be the perfect outcome. But let's this industry has been around for a long time. There's been a lot of success in this industry. And the industry has certainly weathered storms and found out how to navigate, discovered how to, defined how to navigate challenging times to find the right outcome. I think those those individuals who are leading organizations today that are posturing to win long into the future are breaking down the barriers between data, uh, technology, operations, and what I would call pure risk selection and pricing, underwriting, and product manufacturing. When I get kind of excited when I'm talking to customers is when they start to signal that we don't think there's a line between the insurance professional and the insurance technologist. Like those two things have to merge well together so that we can both operate and make decisions and then make those decisions at scale in the operation. Look, I can see you're going with that. Is there an example of where that works in practice? The professional, so I, I guess we're saying the underwriter, the actuary, the claims handler, the, what I'm interpreting from what you're saying they also recognize the power of actually not just understanding technology, but in some cases, they're drivers for technology, because that's, that's where you're going with that, isn't it? Yes, I should say, I guess, the, the business insurance professional versus the technology insurance professional, um, and those lines being, in order to be optimal, being blurred and being in tight partnership with each other. We oftentimes talk about the digital interaction with the marketplace, and so what do producers want and what do customers want, and how can we be more agile to that? And that's oftentimes a, a really interesting constraint between speed and operational excellence. That's one vector that needs to get tight focus. The other vector is risk selection and pricing and you know, pricing agility, rate making, entering and exiting markets, market management. The agility required now because the speed of the shelf life of product profitability is diminishing every year. So the ability to you know, shape new products and offers, get them to market with the right price construct is going to be an ever-increasing pressure. And so getting the right information to product manufacturing, to underwriters is absolutely critical so we can drive the agility that's required. And if we think about those as serial events, we will be missing, we will inherently be missing opportunity. Yeah, let's just keep going with that because I'm thinking, okay, you've got an entrepreneurial underwriter. I mean, all underwriters should be entrepreneurial. And they see an opportunity. They see an opportunity either to go into a new area of business, or they need to maybe get more effective in what they're doing. And then they're starting to not just say that's a good insurance product, but I think what you're saying or what they need, maybe that's just too unnecessarily aligned yet, is to be able to then identify the opportunity and then move quickly with the analytics and data to make the right choices about what they're underwriting. Because you because you're not always going to have, or often aren't going to have lost data, you're going to need to rely on new sources of data and analytics. So to make those decisions, but also to scale those decisions, because if the opportunity is large enough, you don't want to be throttled by the capacity of that singular underwriter. And so the ability to operationalize those and and industrialize those decisions for maximum throughput at the time when you have a market advantage is critical. And then if you kind of keep going one level beyond that, is you think about your clients' clients, so the insurance clients, Ultimately, companies are successful because they make their clients' clients successful. How does that play out when you with what you're doing with Guidewire with your clients? I don't think the vectors have changed. 
I think the demands are ever increasing from you know speed and accuracy from distribution partners and customers. Coherence of products, price, and solutions is uh, an ever increasing demand. But the pressure and therefore the impact on the commercial relationship is ever increasing. The most important signal to take from that is really the efficacy of the claim experience. And and at that moment in time when the claim occurs. How is that brand showing up and how well is a customer, how well is Guidewire every day thinking about posturing our customer's brand for that, those moments that matter most to really show up as they really want it to, which I think is a great, it's just a great galvanizing force for all of us at Guidewire as we think about our prioritizations. And when you talk about that claims experience, I'm guessing you're talking across personal lines, you know, mid-market, small business all the way through to large corporates. It's sort of relevant. The customer is a customer ultimately and wants the claim to be handled efficiently and, and get paid. Yeah, and those moments are existential for the customer, no matter the size of the customer, no matter the size of the event. So we can all, you know, we have to be very granular in the way we think about those singular events, right? It's not just a, a severity or a frequency issue. It's existential to the claimant or the business owner. In the case of some large commercial is, you know, it's a balance sheet issue that is existential to their publicly traded stock price. It would be great to know an example or two or something that you, you know, you're particularly enthusiastic about where those illustrate that whole point about needing to move fast. Where Guidewire is spending a lot of our time and focus, right? This cloud, the cloud platform providing a very durable, scalable, secure platform upon which the applications run really kind of opens up a new chapter for us where we can think more about, I'll call it higher order problems to solve with insurance. And digital is one area um, and product manufacturing is another. The externalization of, of product manufacturing and thinking about product manufacturing as an enterprise capability and bringing both you know, filed products and, and um, bespoke products to the market in a much more rapid fashion on a foundation that can scale for the enterprise is, I think, a tremendous opportunity. It starts with the idea of, can we faster? So with the right tooling and the right visualization, which we've built through our advanced product designer, can we faster? The answer is yes, and we're really excited about that. But the outcome and the information to feed into the decisions that fuel going faster, but also going you know farther and better is really important. As Guidewire goes forward, we have every day more and more visibility to the data that kind of flows through the industry. So getting that data to the table, getting our customers' first-party data to the table, allowing all third-party information to get to the table so that those design decisions can be made with the absolute most information is critically important to us and, and fundamental to the way we think about solving higher-order problems, helping support the decisions in that go through insurance, and then landing them on the operations and the screens that enable carriers to do their work every day. And then, John, is it kind of helpful to know what are you seeing in terms of your clients about their willingness now to move towards the cloud? I mean, it seems like it's inevitable ultimately, but a lot of insurers move quite slowly. How, how are they getting on? I'll say that the destination, more and more in conversations with customers, the destination of cloud is, I don't, you use the term inevitable, I'll be careful not to use that, but very clear, the value of being there is very clear. The journey to get there is still yet an effort. Right now, we've got you know over 100 customers that have moved towards cloud, are in the process of going live on cloud, and more and more every quarter, the first cloud release for those customers is proving to be a much more predictable and cost-effective event. So that gets us to, Matthew, where we're focused now on how can we ease that pattern, that path, that project towards that first cloud release. 
And the real measure of success really is not just that first cloud release, but the ability to update, take in that first update post first cloud release. And that is proving the curve at which that acceptance is hitting in the marketplace. And the predictability of that, I think, is quite impressive and gives us a, gives us a great story to tell to those customers. Yeah, and I'm sure it's that classic technology adoption curve, early adopters, early majority, late majority. And then, John, I just want to come back to another one of your jobs. I think you've got about three jobs in here. So you're, you're overseeing a strategy for developing, well, let's call it the community, and you can define what it is, because I had ecosystem written down, but you've, you've, you've wanted to describe it as a community of partners that you're working with to better support your insurance clients. We're seeing this theme really strongly now, so I completely get why you're doing it. But can you just talk a little bit about how do you think about that as Guidewire and, and where, where you're going with that? So if, if you think about Guidewire, and if we take it down to kind of the basic components of it, what we offer the marketplace is a platform, and we think a, a very mature market-leading platform, the applications that sit on top of it, affectionately referred to in the industry as core systems, and then you know the content that sits on top of that, whether it's digital content or geographic content or line of business content, um, that's really the construction of how we provide a backbone for this community. But now multiply that by the world that we serve, right? There's, you know, there's a, a vast world out there of insure techs that our customers want to access, of geographies that our customers want to operate in and are important to the insurance world market. And so our ability to cover that is really important that we don't constrain that. And so we've thought every day about more open, more innovative, more enabling of our community to access each other such that we can continue to drive innovation and stability. And so if we have an ambition, and we do have an ambition, to continue to provide the standard platform upon which the industry can run, if that's part of our ambition, then we have to be really serious about unlocking accessibility of that community so that that standard persists and so that that standard adds value to the pace of innovation rather than constrains the pace of innovation. And that's something that was fundamental to Mike Rosenbaum in the way he thinks about, he thought about building the cloud platform. And it just really resonates for me. And I think it resonates for our customers because, you know, if we were to say we're going to cover all things across the world and all points of innovation, that would not be an enabling factor. I really like the insure tech world of where the investments are going. I think the investments are coming ever more practical every day in you know, driving the decisions that drive insurance rather than just the transactions that uh, the digital transactions that enable over the top of the industry. So I, I like to see where that's going. And I think that adds a ton of value to the community. A few things I want to come back to is that latter point. I interviewed James Orchard, who's CEO of QB Ventures. A lot of really fascinating stuff in there that touches exactly on that. What is a company like QB number, you know, number 20 in the world looking for from innovation? What works, what, what doesn't work? I also just in passing, you talk about InsurTechs, but you actually announced a partnership with Swiss Re recently. So it, it's not just InsurTechs, is it? I mean, you're working with some of the biggest organizations in the world as partners, not as clients. Can you talk a little bit about what, what was the sort of logic on both sides or motivation for, for that partnership? Yeah, so absolutely. As you mentioned, Swiss Re has great brand, great experience and great reputation and just a, just a world of data professionals and products to serve primary carriers. So really the, the work with Swiss Re is we want to facilitate, we, are, we think we're in a position to facilitate greater interaction between the primary carriers and their trading partners, Swiss Re being absolutely paramount amongst those kind of marketplace and trading partners. 
And one of the things that I hit on earlier is the pressure on portfolio management is very real now between, you know, if it's whether it's a reinsurance relationship with a primary carrier or primary carriers thinking about their portfolio management is a very real pressure point and problem to solve and distinct advantage uh, for those that get it right. And really the goal with the relationship with Swissri is to make sure that we can work with them to get their products and services and models to our customers as efficiently as possible. That has both the plumbing to get to uh, their information to our customers, but it also is the ability to pre-integrate such that those decisions that are enabled by Swiss Re products actually show up on guidewire screens for our customers in the flow of their operation, which is you know fundamental and in tight alignment with our strategy and uh, really, I think, supports a great partnership with Swiss Re. And I've got to come back to that portfolio management question because uh, it comes back to my origins as an engineer. How are we getting on, do you think, in terms of people being able to do that dynamically? I mean, I don't think anyone can do it real time, but it used to be quarterly or monthly. How are we getting towards making that more useful? And it kind of goes back to your point earlier about agility and speed to be able to make decisions. I think let's talk about the data that drives uh, portfolio decisions. So we have a um, we'll go we'll go a little bit into our data and analytics conversation here, Matthew. The our strategy in data and analytics will remain to build. We will have a thrust that will to be building primary products to support the decisions that um, discrete products that support the decisions that insurance carriers make. Okay, but there will also be a thrust that is to continue to develop and mature the plumbing such that points of data from the community, from the ecosystem can find their way into the operations of our customers, whether that's customer data or whether that's third-party data. It's really important for us to be wide open in that agenda. And why? Because the with the visibility that exists inside of our customers on a, on a cloud platform, and one of the primary reasons why you should be on a cloud platform is if you want to make better decisions, you have to be able to tap your data in a meaningful way all moments in time. So mapping that against coverages, zip code coverages, geographic coverages against different perils to make better portfolio decisions and portfolio management decisions is, I think, fundamental in driving you know, greater speed to market. Okay, the are we there yet? We've got products that can get parts of the business there, and we're really pleased with the trajectory of our portfolio management products. Are organizations there yet? Not yet. And that's okay because they're going to continue to make decisions at, uh, on tighter time cycles with as much information as available. And pursuit of perfection is fundamentally, I think, a, a very dangerous process there because getting better every day is going to be the way in which organizations can kind of test and learn their speed to market assumptions and their portfolio management assumptions. And that to me is, is what's most exciting because I think we've started, the industry has certainly started that journey and more and more it's pervasive in organizations. If I, if I compare that to five years ago, I'd say we've really gone leaps and bounds as far as it becoming a primary thrust of activity. The question really is, how then can we optimize that? I want to come back to this point about different sources of data and different analytics. So I guess you could simplify a little bit, but there's maybe three sources of data. You, there's, your, what, there's your client's own data. I mean, maybe that's their client's, client's data, but their client's own data. You've got the data that you can provide as guidewire proprietary data. And you, for example, acquired Hazard Hub a couple of years ago. And then you've also got a third-party data. So you've got those different ways you can support the client. It does create a bit of tension, I suspect, in, in an organization like Guidewire that's growing between what do you build 
yourselves versus what do you partner with? And ultimately, I guess, what do you acquire? How do you reconcile that tension without kind of getting in your own way as you try to grow? That's a good question. As Guidewire thinks about kind of next horizons on this foundation, the the responsibility to navigate the space of what we should build, what we should buy and where we should partner is absolutely critical. And it's very much a focus for our strategic intention over the coming years. I think the most important thing, Matthew, is for those partners we have in the marketplace is absolute transparency. And very much as we bring in partners to the ecosystem, it's important that we share with them what our roadmap is. It's important that we understand their roadmap. So far, through from the Vanguard process of, you know, kind of starting out and insur- helping insure tech start through the ecosystem, marketplace ecosystem that we have, all the way through relationships with Swiss Re, it's just a simple matter of sharing with them our intention and opportunity, being clear, clearer every day on our product roadmap and our development roadmap, uh, and then sharing that information with those partners well in advance so they can make the decisions of how they want to participate. Guidewire Vanguard, you mentioned there, that's kind of ex- not quite an accelerator, but it's a place that InsureTax can come to and you connect them into the system. You can probably describe it better than I can, and you've got some good names on your website. When I joined, I thought of it as an incubation, but it's not really that. What it is, is really just a lot of high-touch alignment for helping InsureTechs think about how to access the market with the primary focus of being the market defined by those that are Guidewire customers and prospects, but really working with our team, our engineering team, our go-to-market team, our uh, Laura Drabik, our evangelist who runs that process, and our uh, marketplace and ecosystem teams to really think about how they want to mature in this space. So incubation is probably a little bit aggressive, but I would call it really kind of facilitation and kind of hands-on navigation. And that's been a fun and strong learning experience for us. We've met some great technologies through that and some great people through that. Yeah, and we've been pleased to be part of that. We've run a couple of dinners for your colleagues in London, get some of the companies together. For people listening, and he might have a company they think they'd be interested in work introducing to Guidewire, working with you, how should they think about the cost of entry or how hard, how difficult it is to be part of that program? Uh, as an insure tech, it's actually quite easy. There are degrees of involvement of building, you know, if you think about proving out that the technology is relevant to the marketplace, the cost of that entry is actually quite low. And the accessibility of the professionals who kind of run that for us is is very straightforward. And then they spend all day, every day doing that. So that's a, that's a very easy entry on pattern. What starts to become more interesting is when you start to build the integrations, either built by the partner or built by Guidewire. Um, those integrations that you know stay current with the releases is critical. And then it starts to become much more of a, a more involved decision, a tighter partnership between. And then there are partners where we have kind of resell and co-sell agreements with, which is very few, but um, certainly a big part, an important part of our future. And that obviously carries a, a different level of commercial relationship with it. But I would say that the on-ramp to learn and navigate and um, understand how to operate with Guidewire is actually quite simple. Great. And I mean, that integration part, of course, is really important. When We've got a few plug-and-play type applications, but the reality is the quality of the API or the other integration points is, is really critical. I, I, my prediction for the next couple of years ahead is, is and, you, and you mentioned standards earlier on, is more clarity around the standards that these companies need to, and interoperability is something Charles Clark has talked about quite as well, a lot as well in terms of driving this. Um, so it's good to hear that. I, do you want to come back a little bit and talk about innovation and, and actually particularly about how you do it 
with Guidewire. I, I heard Mike Rosenbaum, your CEO, you mentioned talk a couple of years ago about how Guidewire runs experiments. And, and I'm a great advocate of this and the idea that you intentionally try things out, but you've got to design and decide what you need to know to say, right, I'm going to stop, or I'm going to do more with that. But are there some examples, and maybe there's two questions in here, a combination of how do you at Guidewire keep your colleagues, or encourage your colleagues, I probably should say, to be innovative? And then examples of kind of experiments you might have run, some might have worked, some might not have worked. The very clear activity right now is in the Gen AI space. So we've got a number of experiments, um, both internal to uh, internal to our own shop and in service of the industry, and also in service of um, to Charles, you know, to the conversation with Charles on interoperability is in service of risk transactions across the industry, not just inside the carrier, but with carriers trading partners. So there's uh, a number of categories right now where we're doing a lot of experimentation in the Gen AI space. And I'm, you know, really optimistic about what that will yield, but the aperture is quite wide. We're very specific on what we say about how we'll enable that. So the experimentation aperture is quite wide. We're pretty measured in our commitments to how we think that will show up in the carrier space because we want to be a responsible steward of that. And that's one area of, uh, of great investigation right now. Another one would be the digital space. So as we think about digital and um, what we released in the, in the last release was the Jutro digital platform, there are, there's a tremendous amount of opportunity for us to continue to experiment with customers, us to continue to experiment with how that uh, digital platform matures. But really interestingly is the opportunity to navigate with our customers on how they might uh, experiment. So A-B testing on different digital experiences with their producers and with their and with their customers becomes quite interesting. And more and more that co-development, early access and co-development relationship with our customers is yielding great results and and great um, pressure, right? We welcome the pressure that comes from our customers as we take signal from market of where we need to innovate because it, it keeps us really well connected with what's most important to the industry that we serve. So that's uh, those are that portfolio of experimentation, test and learn is something we've gotten better at every day, but it's starting to extend more and more in collaboration with our primary customers, which I really like. And that might be answering that question about how do you encourage innovation? It sounds like your last point, you know, you're doing it every day, is, is sort of becoming systematized into the organization. So that's just part of the way people do things. That's how they become innovative. Is that, would that be a fair way of characterizing it? Yeah, and, and amplifying signal from market. So making sure that every person inside Guidewire thinks about the problems that, not, the, not always just the problems that Guidewire is trying to solve, but the problems that our customers are trying to solve in service of their customers and in that, there is a tremendous source of innovation, first signal from market, then ferreting out what are the sources of innovation that we should responsibly play in, and then going after that with some vigor. I think it not only drives us to a more innovative outcome, but I think it gives our own team a higher purpose and context upon under which the work that we do, which I think is, you know, that's a responsibility we take very seriously. Great. And then we're to, thank you, because we're delighted to have your support uh, for the event we're doing in New York on the ground with uh, with Guidewire and also in the Google offices with Saitora and Hyper Exponential. Uh, you probably know the link to Hyper Exponential and Guidewire through Battery Ventures and Marcus Ryu. It'd be great to know just a little bit about, you know, Google's out there, you've got AWS, Azure. You know, what kind of thing is you're using some of these tools, platforms, cloud, we talked a bit about cloud for, but is there anything specific we could to give an example 
to bring some of that to life. Happy to be a part of the of the work that we do with you and um, and really appreciate the opportunity to refine our signal to market with you and, and really connect with the community. As it pertains to Google, certainly as a data partner, more and more we're spending time with Google in the data partnership and how we can, as we exist as part of the ecosystem of carriers, Google's an important partner to many of them. So that becomes critically important to us. I'd be remiss if I didn't comment that AWS is our platform partner and has been a phenomenal partner for us on this journey. I really have learned quite a bit from our engineering team about how we can serve the industry and really stretch the bounds and the performance of the AWS platform. And AWS has has rode that journey with us really effectively, and I think to great outcome for our customers. And then you mentioned Azure. You know, Azure certainly as many others, important in the ecosystem that we serve. Okay, so one of the things that Guidewire as a SaaS provider, we really have to think about not just how we show up inside inside the estate that we manage for our customers, but also the customer's total estate and the relationship that we have with all those customers. That's a responsibility we take on. And um, certainly Microsoft is critical in that. But really the partnership with Google and data is, is gaining traction. The partnership with AWS is really quite solid and, and fundamental to what we do. Yeah, I'm quite interested things coming out from Google on that whole climate catastrophic risk side that we haven't really got time to talk about now. And actually, I'm reminded as you talk about this, we actually did a report with one of those organizations, but I mean, essentially the report itself is agnostic to cloud provider about what insurers should think about going on to cloud. And actually, we got a uh, some great input into that, a case study from some of your former colleagues at Capgemini as well. So small world out there. So John, as we come to the end of the, the call and uh, you've been traveling a lot this week, I'm sure you've got a lot to do at the end of the week. What, uh, make it simple for people, one, maybe two things you should be looking out for in the year ahead from, uh, from Guidewire. Well, number one is just continuing to double down on service to this community in pursuit of providing what can be the standard platform upon which the industry operates continuing maturing this cloud platform and these applications in service of that is primary thrust. The second one is opening up this world of higher order decisions and higher order insurance problems to solve. And Guidewire every day showing up much more in the decisions that drive insurance carriers and the decisions that drive relationship between carriers and their trading partners in that interoperability is those are the two primary thrusts for us. And and that's what the world should expect from us. And we welcome the pressure that comes as a market leader to put more pressure on us to operate and innovate on those uh, those dimensions. Yeah, well, as Charles told us, 25% of the world's premiums came through Guidewire. I'm sure people have got high expectations. That's that's a great, great place to be. And just before we do wrap up, is, is there anything, John, we haven't covered, I haven't asked you that you want to add to the discussion? I guess the the only thing I'd add is as we think about the future of the industry and the opportunities that exist in innovation and speed to market, and you mentioned just, you know, kind of cloud infrastructure, I think it's important that the industry understand that back to that harmony point, the harmony of operational excellence and speed to market does require operating on a mature cloud platform, mature SaaS platform that allows for um, speed and standardization in those things that that's best a position for, but also unlocking continuous innovation, but also points of high differentiation in higher order for each carrier to focus on. And that to me is, is a message that I think the market is getting more and more ready for. Yes, the market's under a ton of pressure, and I recognize that. But the winners and losers and differentiators are being created right now on their ability to strike that balance and understand the, the importance of that destination. 
So that's the thing I want people to think about as they take away the conversation is how to participate in that. Great. Well, a hundred clients, I'm guessing you've still got quite a few clients come back to our technology adoption curve or in that early majority, late majority. So I'm sure if we're talking again in 12 months, we'll, we'll be quite a long way through more people migrating to the to the cloud. So they, John, that's been been really helpful. I guess finally, is there anything you would, there's lots of things you can need, not I was put that wrong way, <laughs> but lots of things you benefit from, uh, from the community. Anything specific just, just to leave people within their minds that they should be bringing to GuideWire that might be able to be of use to you? Points of innovation and relevance in service of the industry is absolutely critical. We can, it would be irresponsible for us to consider that we will build all things that are important to our to the carriers that we serve. So points of differentiation um, that can, we can help navigate path to market by being a, a pre-integrated and also tight relationship with Guidewire is absolutely critical. And then the message to the carriers, which is absolutely critical, is keep the pressure on us. Keep the pressure, keep the signal keep the signal white hot on what things we should be building for. Brilliant. Okay. Innovation, differentiation, relevance, and uh, keep the pressure on. That's a pretty good place to end up. Well, John, I really appreciate your time. I know you've got a lot going on. Uh, keep warm out there. If you guys are better at that, that than we are as well. But you know, many, m- many thanks for this and hope to see you in person soon, either here in the UK or over in the US. All right. Thank you, Matthew. Appreciate it. Take care. Well, a lot going on there with Guidewire. Really interesting. Some of those areas we talked about, in particular, the interconnectivity and this building out the community. We're going to see a lot more of that in 2024. You can find out everything we're up to at Instack. And if you're interested in learning how you can share your stories with the world of your or if you're an insurer, uh, you can find out how to find out more about the information we know on the website, www.instec.co. And of course, if you are in New York on March the 14th and you work for an insurer or broker, please do come and see us. We've got Saitora, Hyper Exponential, Kroll and Guidewire on stage. Okay, that's it. We're done. <laughs>